All right. Welcome, everybody, to the University of Michigan Concussion Center Concussion Headliners podcast. For our returning listeners, welcome back. These are informal conversations that give our community a chance to get to know some of the most well-known and well-respected concussion researchers and clinicians and advocates from around the world. My name is Steve Brolio. I'm the director of the Michigan Concussion Center and pretty excited uh, to be your host. Today, we've got a great one for you. Dr. Christy Arbogast is the Director of Engineering for the Center for Injury Research and Prevention and the R. Anderson Pugh Distinguished Chair of Pediatrics at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She's an internationally recognized expert on pediatric injuries, specifically biomechanics, injury causation, and the effectiveness of safety products for children with a concentration in safety of children and youth in motor vehicle accidents and pediatric concussions. She received her undergraduate degree from Duke, a master's and PhD from Penn, and in 2014, she was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Chalmers University of Technology in Gothenburg, Sweden, for her leadership in the field of child safety. Christy, that is a long list of parlaments. Congratulations to you, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Steve. All right. Um, So I'm going to start off with kind of a high-level picture, and then I'm going to back it up and... uh, try to get to know you a little bit more, let our, our listeners know you a little bit more. Who, in your mind, who has been the most impactful person in your life? Well, do I have to pick one? I, I We're going to limit it to one, but maybe we'll leave room for later on. You can expand out. How's that? I think probably the most impactful person was Probably my mom, because I think she has and continues to demonstrate that, you know, as a a little girl, I could do anything and has kind of been behind me all the way. We were we were just talking last weekend about who would have ever thought that this would have been your career, Christy. (laughs) And and I think that kind of embodies it, that I've done things that really excite me and nothing was ever off the table. I like it. So uh, let's let's roll that back a little bit. Where did you grow up and what was that like? And then what was what was maybe as a child, what was the influence of your mom or and parents and I don't know about siblings in the household? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, central Pennsylvania. Uh, in a, a relatively small town, Williamsport. It's where the Little League World Series is, if any of you are uh, Little League baseball fans. Uh, the town I grew up in and the high school I graduated from was um, pretty small. I think there were like 120 in our graduating class. Relatively rural area. People that graduated from there mainly stayed there. So me going away to Duke was a big deal. <laughs> Um, and, and I think that that's really part of who I am because I got exposed to people that had a different background than I did that went through different paths. And, and I think it's, uh, left an imprint on me. And siblings in the household. I have a younger brother, Mark, who's five years younger than me. And so it was my mom, my dad, and and my brother. And, uh, they raised two engineers. My brother's an engineer as well. So. Okay. Is he biomedical or does he do a different type of engineering? Uh, industrial engineering. Okay. And then what about your parents? What did they do while you were growing up? Uh, they're both school teachers. Uh, my mom taught elementary school reading and my dad taught high school math. Okay. 
it's a nice balance. Yes. <laughs> the literature side and then a little bit of the STEM side there. So that's uh, right. Pet, pets in the household? No, we were a pet free family. And that has carried on to my adult years, much to the chagrin of my children. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, they're all out of the house. So I think they can have their own now if they want. That's right. And one of them does. Actually, both of them do. So they, <laughs> it's on them now. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, Sounds like you grew up in a smaller town, um, I'll just say in a different era than the modern era, Um, maybe some little more freedom to kind of roam and explore. Did that or maybe something else uh, uh, maybe left a lasting imprint on a a favorite memory? So I think one of the things that has really probably influenced my path and, and I think about whether I would allow my kids to do this today. Um, Starting the summer after my sophomore year in high school, um, I worked at an ice cream shop about 45 minutes away from our town. Uh, We lived there. Uh, There were a bunch of uh, young women like me who lived there. We, uh, you know, lived above the ice cream shop and worked the ice cream shop in the day. And I, I think that that independence and growing up and kind of being responsible um, for yourself um, and, you know, getting up and going to work every day without mom or dad kind of poking at me to say time to go to work, um, I think really allowed me to grow up. Was was that your first job or did you do things before that, maybe a little closer to town? home? Uh, no, that was primarily my first job. I think I was a waitress on and off earlier, kind of in high school, but that was my first like real job. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee ice cream. Ooh, nice choice. Okay. Um, so you you mentioned Duke, um, which we can have long conversations about Duke. But we'll do that <laughs> at another day. Um, how did you end up down there? I knew. I wanted to go into bioengineering really because I actually thought I wanted to go to medical school. And um, the advice I was getting from like a guidance counselor career path was that biomedical engineering was a good path to medical school. And so I had applied to Duke, Hopkins, Washington University in St. Louis, Boston, Um, And then we went and visited Duke in April. The flowers were blooming. (laughs) The basketball team had just done really well. Yeah. And and I was sold from the moment I was on campus. Uh, Then I just had my fingers crossed that I got in. (laughs) I had a a very similar experience, uh, except it was in the fall. And it was this beautiful autumn day and the leaves were turning beautiful colors. And yeah, so um i i hear you loud and clear on that so um you you said you wanted to go into biomedical engineering maybe eventually med school did you always want to go into concussion or injury prevention or what was kind of your thought pattern at that point yeah so sophomore year um at duke i took a biomechanics class um with one of kind of the grandfathers of impact biomechanics uh jim McElhenney. and dr McElhenney. I just thought the way he taught the concepts, bringing in a lot of like real world examples about how 
engineering and biomechanics um, could help understand how injuries happen, how to think about prevention. He did a lot of um, helmet and head injury work as uh, as his research. It really just kind of turned me on that there was a path that was kind of like medicine, but was still in engineering. Um, and so after that class, uh, sophomore year, uh, I ended up working for him and doing research with him my junior and senior year. And so that was really kind of headed me down the injury biomechanics path broadly and and head injury specifically. And then uh, then Penn for your master's in doc, what was the pathway there? So um, in part, it was because my uh, boyfriend and soon-to-be husband at the time was in Philadelphia uh, and liked his job. And so came up and looked at Penn. Um, my first advisor was Larry Tebow, someone also kind of well-rooted in the uh, head injury biomechanics space. And uh, the opportunity to study under him, um, he had a really vibrant lab that was funded by the CDC and NIH um, and be in Philadelphia, which was, you know, getting a little closer to home uh, was really an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. And so started with, with Larry Tebow. He moved on to another university about halfway through my doctorate program. And then uh, Dr. Susan Margulies kind of took me under her wing and uh, she was my dissertation advisor of record. <laughs> Very cool. I I I know Susan and I just forgotten that she was up there for a, a number of years. She's, she's still down at Georgia Tech, I believe. She is. Um, was Tom Ginarelli still at Penn at that point? He was. He was. So that group of Larry and Tom, um, as well as uh, when I first started, Iobamaya was still kind of part of their mm -hmm. uh, kind of research broader group. And so it was just a tremendous environment to learn about head injury biomechanics and prevention and um, really kind of got me uh, interested in the motor vehicle safety aspect of what I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think from my perspective, the PIN, uh, TBI biomechanics, concussion biomechanics, I mean, it, they were just totally foundational in that that area of work. It, at the time you were, it sounds like you were there kind of at the best time. Um, did you know that? Did you know, could you, could you conceptualize how it fit into the bigger scheme of things? I don't know that I knew that when I agreed to come to Penn, like I knew, you know, it was Penn. I knew it was mm -hmm. a well-regarded institution. Um, and Dr. McElhoney knew Larry well and, and, you know, said, you know, he's, He's a good guy. He's someone you want to go study under. So I I thought I was making a good decision, but I think it was really over my time there where, you know, when you go to find those seminal articles of the the introduction of your dissertation <laughs> and, and and they're all done by people at, at Penn, um, you know, you, you catch on pretty quick. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so you said both your parents were teachers. Mm -hmm. What what was the environment in in the house um, that they created that influenced you, you know, to go in the direction that that you went in, and 
you know, really become who you are today? Yeah, you know, I think obviously having um, parents as teachers, the academic side of, uh, you know, middle school, high school was was important. Um, but one of the, I think, great things about going to a small high school is I could do, um, I almost had to do lots of things uh, because there's only so many people in the high school. So I was heavily involved in our yearbook. I was our yearbook editor. I, a little known fact is I was also <laughs> cheerleading captain. So like I had all of these like <laughs> diverse things that I did where centrally was, you know, get good grades, do good in school, but really this idea of finding things that you enjoy doing, being passionate about them, um, and being well-rounded, I think, was emphasized and allowed from from the beginning. Yeah. How how would your parents describe what you do for a living now? <laughs> <laughs> I think what my mom said last weekend, I just tell people you talk a lot. <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, the first part of my career here at CHOP, I was almost solely focused on uh, motor vehicle safety. And so I think the idea of um, understanding how to protect kids in cars was something my parents wrapped their head around and could could describe to their friends of what I do. And now the concussion piece, which is really kind of the second half of my career, I mean, there's just so much on concussions and delay press. It's actually a very accessible scientific topic um, that uh, both my parents and others can, can easily relate to because there's so much discussion about it in, you know, on ESPN, in the newspapers, mm -hmm. wherever. Yeah. And so when you were doing the motor vehicle work, was that TBI in children in, in motor vehicle accidents or just general injury? And then, then my next question is going to be, how did you make that transition over to concussion and more sport concussion? Yeah, so it was much broader than that, than just TBI. Um, I, when I came to CHOP, uh, Dr. Flora Winston and Dr. Dennis Durbin were starting our injury center here uh, with a large grant from State Farm Insurance. And that program, which ran for 11 years, was really a child-specific injury surveillance system, crash surveillance system. So it, we partnered with State Farm and used their crash claims to identify kids in crashes, and then initiated both EPI work as well as kind of crash investigation biomechanics work to really understand how kids were injured, in crashes, how they were protected. And then part of my role was interfacing with the automotive industry and sharing those results with them so that they could improve their products. So it was my TBI was a big part of it because TBI is a, a the most common injury, regardless of kind of what age restraint or crash direction you're talking about, but it wasn't limited to TBI. Yeah. So, and I know now like, that's come almost full circle. I think you're working with the NFL on some of their helmet design and testing. Um, if you want to talk maybe a little bit about that work that you're doing. Yeah. So I think my evolution away from kind of broad motor vehicle safety to 
concussion specific and sport concussion, I think was probably influenced by a few different things. One, I think it was my kids getting older and playing sports and just being around that environment um, where people are talking about concussion and how it happens and what can we do to prevent it. And then I think the other piece that influenced it is, you know, part of the challenge when you think about protecting kids in cars is understanding what are the maybe engineering measures that lead to injury. So whether it's acceleration or force or, you know, whatever metric we're talking about. And there was so much discussion at the time about concussions sustained on the sports field. They happen all the time in motor vehicle crashes, and we weren't even talking about them. The thresholds or injury metrics that the automotive industry was focused on, maybe rightfully, was more moderate to severe brain injuries, but there wasn't even an acknowledgement that, hey, maybe that same concussion we're worried about on Friday night on the football field, we should think about how we design our child restraints and seatbelts to to prevent it there as well. And so I think the kind of commonality between how injuries happen in a car and on a sports field kind of link those two things together and realizing that the sports field provided a convenient laboratory to kind of study how these things happen, that you could extend the the findings to motor vehicle crashes. Right. And it's a lot easier to censor up a, a football or a hockey player than it is a child in a random vehicle going. That's on. right. So yeah. Um, do you like what you do? Do you enjoy your current setting and position? I love what I do. And I think the there's kind of maybe three things that have kept me in essentially the same job for 26 years. <laughs> One is I love the applied nature of the work. I love thinking about the findings. And so what does that mean we're going to do? I like working with industry. I like working with um, policymakers uh, to think about what's the, you know, the, the kind of motto of our injury center is research to action to impact. I like that action to impact part. I like the multidisciplinary nature of what I do. I work with scientists from a variety of different disciplines, not just engineers. And I think I learned so much from them and hopefully they learn a little bit from me. Um, And then I like working with messy real world data. You know, when you collect data on the sports field or you're trying to figure out what happened in a motor vehicle crash, this isn't some carefully controlled laboratory study where you've, you know, got tight controls on every parameter, it's kind of messy and you have to kind of sift through it and understand what it's trying to tell you. And so I think those three things kind of characterize my whole time here at CHOP uh, and why I I really enjoy coming to work every day. Very cool. So if you you could remove um, all the barriers, all the constraints, including money, what, what project do you think you would work on and why? That's an interesting question. I think 
if we think about sports concussions in kids, we, we, from a children's hospital perspective, see the tremendous value of sports. It's, you know, the, the list of, of citable research is long about the benefits of sports to kids. I think ensuring that what we know about prevention from the very highest level of elite sports gets translated down to kids and kids of all communities. Um, we have a new project where we're focused on some of the disparities in concussion and in preparation of writing that grant and in preparation of, of um, startup of that project. It really is interesting to understand the perspective of youth sports, not from well-resourced suburban communities. And so how, what do we know about prevention, whether that's equipment, whether that's um, uh, team structure, like with a safety coach or something like that, whether it's um, even parent education of what a concussion is, how do we ensure that those aspects of prevention are equally available and accessible to all? So, so I don't know what that study is per se, but um, kind of paring down or, or summarizing prevention in an accessible way that it's available to all. Yeah, much needed work. So I hope you get your grant. <laughs> Be cool. Um, so you're a crazy productive researcher. Um, there, You have a lot of other titles that I didn't mention in the intro. Um, are you a morning person or a nighttime person? Absolutely a morning person. Yeah. What What's that routine look like? Um, so it's changed a bit since the kids are out of the house. Um, but I'm a five, five thirty waker upper and am at work by definitely by seven. Okay. And, and the morning is my productive period. I'm, I'm not very functional after 9 PM. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I feel like I know the answer to this next one, but coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah. And black? Cream, sugar, all the above? A uh, little bit of milk and a, one Splenda. <laughs> all right. I like it. All right. Um, we'll make it a little... I got a couple uh, a little more fun ones here. When you were a kid, what age did grown-ups seem to be? I don't know. Probably like 35. <laughs> 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 I, i'd need to be looking up retirement homes then <laughs> all right cake or pie pie oh what type apple oh all right <laughs> um so la i think it was last summer i i was visited and you and i went out to breakfast with one of our colleagues can you describe scrapple to our audience. Yes, because Scrapple is like key to like Pennsylvania um, uh, culture. So Scrapple is the part of the pig that's left over after everything else. It's all mushed together. 
You put it in a little like patty, fry it up. I personally put ketchup on it because that's the only way I can mask the taste. Um, but Scrapple is definitely a Pennsylvania thing. All right. So just a little more backstory to the audience. Uh, we went to a, a lovely diner. I don't remember the name of it, but it was featured in a movie. And um, uh, Scrapple was ordered for me because it is <laughs> such a part of the Eastern PA experience that they insisted I try it. So. That's right. We aren't known for our health foods between <laughs> scrapple, cheesesteaks, soft pretzels. All the good things. Right? All the good things. There you go. So, all right. Uh, two more here and we'll, we'll wrap it up. What piece of advice would you give a young faculty member or clinician who's just starting out? It's It's fun. I was able to go back to my high school. So it's a little younger than the question you asked and, and give a talk a few years ago. And the, and the, the main bit of advice I said to them is, yes, you need a plan, but make sure as you're moving through that plan, you have your head up to identify opportunities that come your way. Some of the work that I'm doing with the NFL that you alluded to, like I, that wasn't like, I didn't set aside that I was going to do that. It was an opportunity that came my way that I I was had my head up enough to say, huh. That sounds interesting. Let's see where that goes. Don't be so stuck on your, you know, plan you made when you were 18 years old. <laughs> I'd be in a lot of trouble if I stuck with my 18-year-old plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, where where can people go to find out more about you or your work or your colleagues' work? Yeah, so we, we're we're blessed by a wonderful outreach team here at our injury center. And so they put together a really nice website that is injury.research.chop.edu. All right. So okay. all of our work is, is described there uh, in lovely detail. All right. I hope everybody goes and checks it out. Thank you, Christy. This is great. I feel like got to know you a little bit better. Well, um, thanks thank for having me, Steve. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. And we would, of course, love to hear from you. Feel free to check us out at concussion.umich.edu. You can follow us on Twitter at umichconcussion, or feel free to email us directly, concussioncenter at umich.edu. Thank you again. And Christy, best of luck to the Eagles in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Go Birds. And, uh, we'll see how they do. Take care. Bye-bye.